today. We're, we'll pray at the end and, and we'll pray a prayer of uh, receiving and uh, just keep reminding yourself that today you received, you believe you received what you prayed for. Amen. Amen. I was uh, listening to Brother Hagan and I was saying, I said, Lord, you know, it seems like I had never heard some of this stuff before, knowing I had, but so long ago. And uh, I I remember uh, having a, a, a my thumb hurt. You know how sometimes you can bend it way back and it gets, ow, kills you. And I did that and I was listening to that tape. I said, well, let me do that. And so I began to confess. I believe I received when I prayed. And I felt a little silly because I was thinking to myself, I said, I shouldn't know to do this, but it sounds strange to me. Because in usually, uh, to be honest with you, if it's something that's really, um, you know, a, a little problem, it'll clear up in just a few minutes of confessing. But this thing kind of lingered a little bit. And I remember setting a date for when I believed I received. And, that, and then it like maybe like a week later, I had forgotten all about it, and I went to use my thumb, and it was totally healed. Amen. So <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty three does work, and so we're going to put it to work today. So for those of you who are like me that tucked it away somewhere and forgot all about it, you know, I choose to go winting. But there are times where you need other things, too. You know, you can't went everywhere. Uh, and if sometimes winting is not really appropriate for what you need. So you've got to use the full armament of what God has for you. So why don't we pray? Father, we thank you that you have given us everything, all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I thank you, Lord, to just encourage your people today. Refresh us. Revive us. Stir us up. Open our hearts so that we can receive the engrafted word that's able to save our souls and heal our bodies and fix our finances and promote us in life, cause good success. So we thank you for all the things you're going to give to everybody here today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So if you turn to Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, we always start there. Because I believe if you're going to get something from God, you must give the word your full attention. And I know it's a little, a little uh, difficult sometimes because we claim we are so busy. But I tell you one thing, if you really, really need something, you'll shut everything down and get along with God and get along with the word. You know how we do. And so, but I think, you know, I thought to myself, God, all the times that we're in your presence and we're under the word, if we could give it our full attention all of those times, look how much farther ahead we would be. You know, it'd be easy to receive things that we need. So we're going to turn there to Proverbs 4. Thank you, Lord. He says, my son. Attend to my words, incline thy ear to my sayings. Now, when he says son, that implies somebody who has a covenant with God, right? You've got a family relationship. You have an inheritance. God has something laid up for you. So if God's got something laid up for you and you have an, a covenant with God, it comes through paying attention to what dad says. Amen. Pay attention to your parents. It's like I remember my mother 
uh, you know, we, after you get in your teens or some a stupid age, I'll put it that way, your first stupid age, and you will have many of them throughout life. <laughs> well, your first stupid age, and you'll say, "Well, Mama, so and so says." She said, "You listen to me, girl. So and so ain't your mama. They don't take care of you. You better listen to me." And that's what God's saying here. Amen. Y'all better listen to me. Huh? The doctor ain't your daddy. Huh? Your boss ain't your daddy. Amen. Your husband and your wife ain't your daddy. You better listen to me. Amen. And he says, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. In other words, keep the word before you. So in, in addition to listening to the word, you better crack open your Bible too. Uh-huh. Because you can think you hear certain things, but if you focus on it and you read it with your eyes, amen, you know, that's the new thing is everything is audible now. And that's a good way to get brainwashed. But I'm telling you, hide the word in your heart. You can't wash the word of God out of your heart, amen. You might let not be using it for a season, but it's in there somewhere, amen, for God to call up at the proper time. So he said, keep them in the middle of your heart. In other words, in the center, let the word be the center of your life. Be centered. Have everything centered around the word of God. In other words, if it doesn't line up with God's word, then you don't put your confidence in it. You don't repeat it. You don't believe it. You don't, it must line up with the word of God. And he says what well, this is the reason. There's always a good reason why God commands something. And he says the word of God our life to those that find them. Now, how do you find the word of God? Like he said, keep it in front of your eyes. Keep it in your ears. Hide it in your heart. That's how you find it. And it's health or medicine to all of your flesh. So that word that you hear and you look at will actually heal your flesh. It is a Bible promise. That word works. That's what we used to say years ago. Remember the books, the word works. Amen. It works to do anything that it says it's going to do. Then he says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, Mark 11.23, if you'll turn there, and I think these are really pretty much the same scripture. You know, it talks about having faith in God. Mark 11 and start in verse 22 and we see this is the story of the fig tree that withered up the day before the disciples had gone with Jesus on a little outing, of course, their all outings were always business. You never see them playing. It's okay. Taking a vacation, going fishing. I let you know, you know, you pretty much have, and, and, and don't think of yourself, when you serve God, don't think of that as robbing yourself of anything. Just get them two ideas out of your mind. Because God can turn your heart to enjoy the things that he gives you to do. Because we're kingdom people. 
Amen. We're not natural people anymore. We are kingdom people. And I think sometimes we put too much stock in the getaway. You know, get away from what? Listen, you take you everywhere you go. Make sure you ain't the thing you're trying to get away from. I'm going to leave that hang out there because that was free. Amen. So so just be, be you know, I mean, if we get in this mindset. I was like that when I was younger and married. You know, my husband and I felt we had to go on vacation. We would get home sometime. We'd be so tired. You didn't want to go to work. And we looked at each other one day and he said, yeah, let's save our money. Uh, stay home. Rest. You know, it's, you know, once you've seen Florida, you've seen California, you've seen this, you've seen that. All the casinos and the roulette tables and I'm going to tell the truth. Huh? And once they then took your lunch money, your breakfast money, your dinner money about ten times, it gets old quick. Old. So you go and, and spend seven days paying $100 a night or more for a two-star room. Everybody claim it's four or five, it's only two. They don't know what a three is, most of them. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. People make it up to be more than what it is. And so we just decided, you know what, uh, we'll save our money. I'm glad we did because I'm not broke as a widow. Amen. So just a thought for those of you who like to plan and think ahead. That's a thought drop on you. So Jesus had cursed this fig tree and the disciples were surprised it had withered so fast. You know, now in the natural sense, they would uh, put poisons uh, on on trees that weren't producing to kill the roots and so forth and so on. But it would take a while. And they were shocked at how quickly this tree had withered from the roots. And that's what they were remarking on. And I think there's there's a thought there of disease if you curse it at the root think how quickly that can shrivel up and die uh, we've done that you know since the beginning of the ministry uh, you know god will will bless you with certain gifts uh gifts of healings you know so there are different gifts one of the gifts that that uh i know that that i carry personally and i believe it's available to people in the ministry if they'll seek God for it is uh, cursing tumors we would have God told me one time to pray for this lady she said she had a lump on her breast and I prayed for her and he said tell her to go check it in the bathroom I said who said that what you talking about Willis because my mind was slow he said, uh, tell her to go check now. And that thing was gone. And it's always been that way. Praise God. Well, that's a gift of healing. See? The same thing with pain. It doesn't take too long. And, and people with, with limbs that are in trouble. I mean, it just seems like those three things fall under the gift category. And it's a blessing there because then I know... That I can expect to help people immediately like that and I can expect immediate results. And so in, in those things are good. And But then there's the other way to be healed and that's the 
you know, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, Mark 11, 23, where you carry your own faith for your own healing. And that's always good because you can use that anytime you want to. You don't need to me or get to a meeting or anything like that. Uh, you can stay healed that way. So he says in verse 20, have faith in God. Uh, 22, I'm sorry. Have faith in God. For truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, there's a doubting in the heart and believing in the heart. Like Proverbs 4.20 says, hide it in your heart. So once that word, once you start believing in your heart, and he says, and not doubt, don't doubt in your heart. And that's one of the reasons for confessing the word. It's not to impress God with how much scripture you know. And it's not to get him to heal you because you're already healed. But what you're doing when you confess the word is you are ministering to your body from your heart. You got me? You're letting your heart minister the word to your flesh. And so once your heart, the Bible says you believe uh, in your heart, you hear with your ears, see with your eyes, believe in your heart, you're converted and healed. And so that conversion has to take place. And sometimes it takes time for you to go from hearing the evil report and being scared to death to being totally confident that you have received, amen, what you're believing God for. And that's the process of ministering the word to you and holding on to your faith and expressing your faith in God. And so he says, have faith in God, say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Any mountain, a mountain's anything, anything that's stealing from you, that's standing in your way of something you are. A mountain is something that is impassable, cannot be penetrated, and takes supernatural power to get through. How many of you know there are a lot of things like that in our lives? Sometimes we're steeped in unbelief about how to prosper, how to get a job promotion, how to get an increase in our salary. How to, you know, it's always interesting. We want and want and want. And when the door is open, we're like, huh? What? Should I go in? Should I go in sideways? Should I go in backwards? Should I not let them know I'm coming in here? Can I sneak in? Can I go under the door? We have all kinds of reservations about going through the open door. Sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're um, uh, in an atmosphere, I would say a faith atmosphere, God will get somebody to help you through the door, like kick you through there or push you through there or say, girl, go on, go, go, you know, that kind of thing to give you that final push to get through there. But in front of every door of opportunity are adversaries or obstacles. And we feel them. You feel that reluctance. You feel that, I wonder if. You feel that, oh, here we go again. You know, I have to do this again or that again. Sometimes we dread having to confront that mountain. 
But the Bible says, if you don't doubt in your heart, you can say to that mountain, get out of here. Get out of my way. This job is mine. I got it. It belongs to me. You move out of my way, Mount. You devil, I don't care who you say you are. Devil will tell you you're not qualified. You're not old enough, not young enough, not pretty enough, not ugly enough, not you, whatever it is. It, a million things will co- try and confront you as you go through that open door, as you remove that thing out of your way so that you can have what your heart desires. And so if you will understand that if you have faith in God and keep feeding yourself the word. Because as you feed yourself the word, your faith gets bigger. Pretty soon that job is yours and that thing that used to hinder you is no more. Because you've gotten to the place now where the God in you is so much bigger than the obstacle before you. And because you have faith in God and you believe that God has given that to you and you have received it already. So he says if you say and you not doubt in your heart but believe that those things you say shall come to pass. You got to believe it's going to happen. You got to believe one day that thing will be in your garage, in your house. Amen. In your possession, at some point, or your bank, you know, at some point that thing will be there. You got to see it being there. Amen. So that's when you believe it'll come to pass. And he says you can have whatsoever you say. Say when? All the time. That's mine. I got it. Thank you, Jesus, that that job is mine. I thank you, Lord. That is my job. It's got my name on it. My, my name is on the door. My, my name tag is on the desk. Whatever it is, you have to believe you receive it when you pray. He says, therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. Now, that's faith. You don't have to have anybody involved in this but you and God. When you pray. Why? Just you and God. Because that's who you're getting it from. So at the time that you pray, you must believe it's yours. You must believe you have received it. And then you'll have it. If you're waiting to get it to start believing, you won't get it. You won't get it from God. You get something bogus, you get something counterfeit, you get something that's inadequate, Don't it's not quite enough, doesn't pay your bills. You gotta believe you receive it when you pray. So at the end of this service, we're going to all pray for what we want and we're going to believe receive it today. You mark down the date, June 6, 2017. We're going to believe we receive it when we pray. And every time you think about it, Lord, I believe I received my job when I prayed. I believe I received my husband when I prayed. I believe I received my family when I prayed. I believe my kids come back and serve you when I prayed. I believe I received that already. Amen. And so that's how you minister and keep your faith strong. And that's how you show God your faith on a continual basis. And when you find your mind wandering, you go doubting off and thinking, oh, what if, what if, I I believe I received it when I prayed. I got it already. Amen. 
And he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Because if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Which means your righteousness is gunked up. Amen. And your faith will not work. Because faith works by love. So this is for people who are committed to the kingdom. Amen. You're committed to God. You're committed to live right no matter what the cost. Amen. Live right, forgive, love, and do the, do the love walk and you'll be fine. So we are to have faith in God, not the created thing. So when he says speak to the mountain, whoever says to the mountain. You are, if your faith is in God, you take your faith out of what's created and put it in the creator. Now, wouldn't you rather have faith in the creator because he created that thing that's in your way? So if you put him in charge of it, he can dispose of it. He can get rid of it. He can move it. He can cause it to work on your behalf. Anything other than God is something that's created. So your problems are created by the devil to cause you to, to stress out and quit believing God. So put your, your faith in the one who created everything, even the waster to destroy. Amen. Even the difficulties that come, put, your, your, put yourself in, in, under the authority of the one who is all-powerful. And you won't have to worry about how big your mountain is. It makes no difference how big the mountain is. It makes no difference how long you've been without this. It makes no difference who stepped in there and took this from you. It makes no difference. They're not bigger than God if you put your faith in the one who created all things. So when your faith is in the right one, your perspective is different. You see things totally different. You don't see a big mountain anymore. You see a little molehill. Okay, God, step on that for me. Because it's trying to steal my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have faith in God and I say to this mountain, move in the name of Jesus. Get out of my way, mountain, in Jesus' name. Go in the name of Jesus. You can't stay. My faith is in God. My words are as big as God's words right now. Amen. And keep your faith in the right spot. So if you have faith in the creator rather than what's created, all things are possible. God can tear it up, rip it up, create a new one, whatever he wants to do. We must be careful to keep our faith in the right place because what we behold will cause it to waver or to be strengthened. You look at what attracts you. Now if you're in a bad frame of mind, the first thing that will come up in your mind is some negative thought about something. You know it and I know it. And so when you are... In that mood, in a carnal frame, or somebody makes you mad, or you just make up, well, some people wake up mad. You know what I'm saying? It's mad. Or easily provoked, I'll put it that way. And so you'll, you'll get in that mood, and then everything you look at is bigger than you. 
everything's a problem. Everything can't be resolved. Everything's too hard. Everything's, you got me? So what you behold has a lot to do with what you eventually hide in your heart and what you then project out of your mouth. You got me? It's easy to get in a bad mood and think it's never going to happen. And then you start thinking it and pretty soon you let it jump out of your mouth. Amen. So that's why the Proverbs 4.20 says, hide the word in your heart. Be diligent about this. Make it, do it like a J-O-B. Amen. Make this your job to keep junk out of your heart. Keep it from before your eyes because pretty soon your eyes are going to behold something that matches what's in your heart. Got me? Pretty soon you're going to gravitate towards something that confirms what it is you're thinking up here. Because when you're in a bad mood, everybody's mean. Everybody's against you. All them haters, you know, all that kind of nonsense that people talk about. And so you you have to guard your heart and guard your mind. And make sure you think on the word. Think on things that are good, lovely, and true. Think on things of faith and not things that have to do with with taking you down. So he says, <clears throat> you have to keep your faith in the right place because what we behold will cause our faith to either be strengthened or, or to waver. So what you give your attention to will cause your faith to either be strengthened or waver. The key is keeping faith in God by observing his word. Anything that lines up with God's word, observe that. Keep your eyes focused on that. And not focusing on what you see removed and eliminated like symptoms, like your low bank account, like your, you know how sometimes we'll just get in a mindset we think the best we can do is wish we had money. Huh? No, I'm just telling you the truth. This is this way. This is life. You know, we born in sin, steeped in iniquity, got a carnal mind, live around carnal people all the time. And oh boy, we never had enough. Huh? Lack mentality will make you believe that. And so you go around thinking, boy, oh boy, one day. And see, that's when you put the nail in the coffin. One day I'm going to have. Or I'll be glad when I have enough money to. I thought you believed you received it when you prayed. Why are you banking on one day? So you caught yourself. You see how easy it is to float over there in the land of, in the land of make-believe. You got me? Everybody dwells over there sometimes. The rougher your life is in the natural, the more you want to dwell in make-believe. But I'm telling you where you need to dwell, and that's in Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. Get, your, get yourself in your word. Crawl up in your Bible. And let that be your fantasizer. I bet that'll come to pass. Because that word faith has substance to it. Once you start putting your substance to what you hope for. And start thanking God for it. And use your mind for what it's created for. 
and that is to conceive your future for the good, then you can beat all of this nonsense. See, your answer is in you. It's not out there somewhere. It's not in a better job. It's not in a bigger paycheck. It's not in it's in you. I'm going to say it again. Your answer is in you. You can re, you're releasing. You are either releasing or not releasing the things that you desire by your attitude and what you think about it. And you've got to check yourself. You've got to make yourself quit doing the natural thing. Like wishing it was this and wishing it was that. Huh? People who wish. I mean, everybody got hoop dreams. But it ain't but one Libran. Huh? Notice me, Libran. Huh? It's only one of them. Why? Because he took his dream further than just dreaming. He got up. He threw a thousand baskets before the sun was up. You know the story. I mean, you, you. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Praise God. So you have to put your faith into operation. Faith without works is dead because it's by itself. So at that point, it ain't nothing but a wish and it's nothing but a dream. But you start acting on it. You start acting like it's real. You start acting like it's so before it's so. You start putting those things into motion. We all know how to do it. But I think what happens is we don't do it consistently enough. We don't make it a lifestyle. We do it when we get hard up, and we do it long enough to get a little bit of something. And we get a little bit, and we're so happy for it, we go off and forget the God that gave it to us. And that what Jesus said? He said, now wait a minute. Uh, didn't we, didn't, wasn't we cleansing ten lepers here and where's the other nine? Only one came back to give thanks. Got me? Thanksgiving allows you to get everything. Instead of just a partial. Know how we come up to the altar, start feeling better. We'll say thank you, Jesus, until the, the pain subsides enough for us to be a little more comfortable than we were before we came up. Instead of thanking him all the way there, all the way back, all the way home, all the way to bed, all the way the next day, all the way the next day, until that thing's totally gone. The Lord showed that to me about healings. He said, People tend to get partial healings at the altar. They start feeling a little bit better. And you give them the formula while you're there. Start thanking God for it. The more you thank him, the more the pain will go. And most people will stop after they get back to the seat. Because for most of us, partial is something to get excited over. Well, Jesus did a total work. Think how he feels with us leaving most of what we're supposed to have at the altar 
we could get the whole thing and never have to be bothered with it again stand there father i thank you i get all my healing this affliction will not rise up a second time and seal that thing with his word so that when it does start to creep up on you say wait a minute devil now you're not coming back a second time now we dealt with you already you go in jesus name and allow yourself to be totally to receive everything that god has for you receive the total total amount so we need well the key is keeping faith in god by observing his word and not focusing on the things that we want to see removed and many times with healing it's symptoms you know if if you know that you have a blood disease and that makes you pale don't get in front of the mirror so often i mean you're gonna have to help yourself with these natural things same thing with chronic pain or pain that seems to go on for a long period of time most of the time you check yourself to see if the pain is still there even though you believe you received when you prayed but you go back and see if it's still well come on now you make up your mind you're going to ignore the pain even if you have to talk to it pain in spite of you in spite of what you look like in spite of you tormenting me in spite of you twinging in my body i believe i received my healing when i prayed so it takes discipline folks which is what most of us don't like we like to be free spirits let your mind flit around and visit every little nook and cranny and every little low place every high place every this every that huh you need to give it your undivided attention which means don't turn that tv on the first thing that you do you know what i'm saying get some word in you don't put a tape on the first thing get before god and worship him and see if he won't put your your day on a different course sometimes because you broke up your little habits that you usually do i don't see any benefit to staying in the the, the world of distraction when you could stay focused on god's word you have plenty of time to get up and do stupid stuff again but learn how to stay with what god has for you until you get it amen stay with that until you get it praise god all right so in matthew 14 i thought we would would go there because i wanted to show you how to stay focused on the word and how to stay away from the things that will distract you and tear at your faith amen because when the bible says have faith in god whosoever shall say to this mountain be removed be cast into the sea don't doubt in his heart but you must believe that what you say will happen it will happen and you have to stay focused on what god has for you proverbs 4:20 says give your the word your full attention amen Keep, don't let it be divided divided attention will cause wavering and will cause you to lose uh step away from your faith uh in mark what did i say it was oh i'm sorry matthew 14 
starting in verse 22. <clears throat> Straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So actually the disciples got like maybe like a, a, a second class coach seat on the plane. <laughs> and Jesus decided to go first class. Amen. That's the only difference is they're going to the same place. Their mode of getting there is different because of their different levels of faith. He couldn't take all the disciples the way he was going. Jesus goes at his level of faith. He lets us go at ours. But there is a place where the two can meet. Amen. If we, if he has our permission, if we put our faith over in him, then we can put our faith up to where his level is and we can meet there. If Jesus had taken all those disciples and did what he did, because he had stuff he needed to do first that only he could do by himself. You notice the one time we have recorded, one of the few times really we have recorded where he had them pray with him. What did they do? Went to sleep. So he knew not to do that. Got me? So I'm going to pray by myself. Got me? I, I got this. I know how to do this. Now I can do it. You can't do this with me. The other thing, he sent the multitude away. So he, they, those people had to be fed. They had to be ministered to and then dismissed, you know, blessed, so forth and so on. So he had things to do. So he sent them ahead of him at their level of faith that they had got me and so he says he went up to pray and the evening was come he was there alone and the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves and the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went unto them walking on the sea so the fourth watch i think the first one's at 6 p.m and then it's like three in the morning, something like that. And so there he's walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Right away, Jesus said, be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter, okay, so Peter shook the fear off, answered him, said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out where you are on the water. And he said, come, you bad, come on out here. And when Peter was come down out of the ship and walked on the water to go to Jesus, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, save me immediately. Huh? When you cry out for God to help you, he is there immediately. Don't let the devil think God is not there. God was taking you so long. Huh? You need help, he comes right away. If you just whine it, he's going to sit up there and let you whine. He knows the difference. Now, mothers, you know when your kids were, you knew what cry it was that was legit, what was an emergency, 
what was they trying to get some extra attention just shut up let them holler until they go to sleep you know all the different cries and so does god amen so he knows when you just whining and complaining he's not gonna answer that but he does respond to faith and he does respond and he is a merciful god and so peter then says lord save me immediately jesus put his hand out and caught him and said oh ye of little faith why did you doubt that's a good question for peter to answer why did you doubt peter you know why you doubt it huh so when they were coming to the ship the wind stopped amen it was going to stop one way or the other see them getting in the ship didn't cause it to stop it was a temporary storm anyhow you got me so a temporary storm is no excuse for you to change your confession huh just because your boss came up to you and said that they're gonna pass you over again for a promotion that's just a temporary storm no that job is mine i believe i received that job when i prayed and that is my job you don't have the final say god already gave it to me the creator gave it to me before you created thing told me i couldn't have it so the creator is over you and so he has given that to me already so he says peter <coughs> walking on the water this is the proverbs 4 20 to 22 in operation and that is give the word your full undivided attention when when you are standing on the word what do you say instead of saying lord save me peter should have said lord i thank you then i'm gonna stay out here on this water with you and we're gonna walk around here until you say we done walking have faith in god he took his faith out of god and put it over into the elements and changed his confession he started looking at the wind and sinking he could have not looked at the wind and kept walking at any time and you need to know that you if you muck up your confession for three days get back on the word again you don't have to give up on your faith walk just because you missed a couple of days because you was feeling blue and feeling sorry for yourself and sick of confessing the word and tired of believing god for something that ain't here yet amen so get back on as quickly as you can get back in faith walking on the water is a type of walking in the spirit so peter was out there walking in the spirit with god and was doing fine walking in the spirit until he distracted himself by his natural man focusing on things that the natural man cannot control peter's spirit man was perfectly capable of controlling that water because he walked on it he already proved that to himself so he had faith to walk on water his spirit man was strong enough to get out there and walk what happened was his natural man kept picking at him 
Look at that. Look at that. Huh? You hear what she said? Huh? She said they ain't hiring nobody now. You hear what they said? They said not, they're not doing that anymore. You hear what they said? They said your case is closed. You can't reopen your case anymore. Got me? All of those things. And so if we let our natural man get curious and start buttoning your spiritual business, you make your natural man butt out. Instead of Peter saying, Lord, save me, he should have said, Lord, thank you. I'm walking on water. I'm going to keep walking on this water. This water is good for me to walk on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm walking on water with you. He changed his confession to match the natural elements. Don't ever change your confession to match what's going on in the natural. Don't ever do that. Make your confession stay in the realm of walking in the spirit with God. Keep your faith in God. What did God tell you about that? What did you ask him for? What did you agree that you received already? Then keep your faith over there. Don't put it over here in the natural that changes all the time. One minute your natural is telling you one thing. The next minute is telling you something else. So it's going to always have a lie to tell you. Keep your faith in God no matter what it looks like. Keep your faith in God until the symptoms leave. Keep your faith in God until the doctors give you a good report. Keep your faith in God until your blood sugar is normal without medication. Keep your faith in God. You got me? Keep it in God. Keep thanking him that you've received it already. Keep thanking him that it's yours. Always wants to steal. And so we have to keep the thief out of the picture. Because he's creeping around trying to steal something every time you look up. Amen. So you bind the thief. Amen. Keep him bound. Instead of watching them calves and expecting them to lose, start binding that thief that's stealing a point. Huh? I believe game two was stolen from them. They didn't lose it. It was stolen. Because we agreed they was going to sweep. And it was stolen in Jesus' name. So you bind the thief so he's going to steal nothing again. huh? Start exercising your faith. I mean, use it on anything. People look at me like, what's she talking about? Again, I use my faith on a, a flea. Huh? If I see a cockroach race, I'm going to bet on one or the other one. He's going to win. Jesus, Keep crawling, cockroach. Keep it going. Huh? So if you put your faith in God to make it happen, it will happen. God is going to make it happen. See, God's going to bring it to pass. Be careful putting your faith in yourself. Sometimes we think, well, it happened this way the last time. Who are you trusting? you trusting you or are you trusting God? Now put your faith in God's word. Get your word out. Get your scriptures out. And believe that what you're saying will happen. It will happen. God, I thank you to get my job back for me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I will be reinstated. In my my right place. Thank you, Lord. The job move that they gave me is going to be mine in Jesus' name. My promotion is here. I thank you, Lord. Huh? 
Don't let the devil play with your head. Sometimes you confess the word, it sounds hollow. It sounds like a lie. It sounds distant. Pay no attention to that. Just keep your faith moving. Keep your word going. You must say what you want to see it come to pass. Yeah. Sometimes the devil, you ever have this, this shame that comes over you that makes you ashamed of wanting something? Now, that happens a lot with things related to relationships. You know, I mean, sometimes you want, you want to be married, you want a husband, you want a wife. The devil will make you ashamed of saying that so he can keep it in the dark. So you start doing dark things, conniving things to make it happen. See, if you bring it under God's word and put it in the light, then God can work on it. But if if the devil makes you ashamed of something, be careful with your shame. See, he can make you ashamed of wanting nice things. You know, he can make you ashamed of... All kinds of things, you know, wanting a property or wanting a house or wanting a car or wanting a new car. Some people have a thing about old or new. Me, myself, I had them both. I don't like the payments on new, so I will take a used. You feel me? At my age, it's transportation. And I don't be driving most of the time anyway, so, you know, big deal. It's, it's not a thing to me anymore. I can roll with it either way. I like living like this because when it's time for me to release things to God to bless other people with them, I don't hurt and complain and go through, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not throwing a tantrum on the floor because i got to give somebody a dress or a bracelet or something like You understand what I'm saying? I'm not holding on to because I know it came easy, it'll come easy again. You got me? So, yeah, and if I sow, I'll reap. So I'm about... The conduit, getting it out of here, you know, so I can get the next thing that I ain't going to (laughs) keep. You got me? It just goes like that. So you need to make up your mind to stay with your confession no matter how it sounds to you. Does it sound hollow? Does it sound deep? Oh, was there faith on that or was that not a faith? Well, keep saying it. One day there will be faith on it. You got me? But say, remind yourself often of what you just committed to god i believe i received my my husband in jesus name i received i believe i received my family my children all of the things i believe i received those things when i prayed and don't sit up and say when did i pray put a date on it kizzy okay and you you won't forget it just just make it easy on yourself amen Make it easy on you. See, y'all going to make me sing. Amen. So believe you receive. That's faith. You've received by faith. Don't ask yourself, if I received it, where is it? Don't mess with your head like that. You receive by faith. Amen. Your faith is in there. So when you express your faith, you have received it. So you believe you received it when you prayed. When it, <clears throat> uh, This is receiving. This is how you receive. So it's yours. Receive it. It helps you to continue to say what you have versus asking over and over again. 
God, moving the date, moving the date. Move, nope, I received that already when I prayed. Your receiving actually settles the matter. I got it already. I received that by faith. And remind yourself it's by faith because your head will try to question you if you got it. Where is it? It does. You may find the need to minister the word to yourself through your confession. So when you find your faith slipping or you find doubt creeping, oh, Lord, I thank you. I received that on June 10th, 2017 when I prayed. And I thank you for it, Lord. And I'm believing it's going to come to pass and I can have what I say. And I say I have it. <clears throat> your mind may doubt, especially if you focus on the natural. But confession helps to silence the doubtful mind because your heart is where the faith resides. Just don't meditate on the doubt. Don't focus on that. Don't give that play. Because your mind will try to say, well, if, if this isn't here and that's not here and you don't have this and you don't have that and that's not here. And how do you know this is going to happen? Make that thing shut up. And you do it by saying, uh-uh, head, I believe I received when I prayed. And that's all you need to know. God contacts us through our hearts or our spirit and not the head. So it's what's in your heart that you want to express. You can tell what people really believe because they can live, uh, they can have a day full of worry, doubt, fear, and all of that. And then at the end of the day, it's what they express. Got me? Uh-uh, that's mine. I'm sorry, devil. I'm not going to put my faith in all that doubt <clears throat> that you just th- threw at me. At the end of the day, it's still mine. Amen. In Jesus' name. So continue to say you have it, and it will be yours. Faith continues and does not quit. Now, how many of you have quit? How many of you have said, I'm tired, I give up, I quit? And then at the end of the day, you go back to it again, don't you? It does. So quit saying you quit. And if you stay in faith and keep confessing the word, it might happen a little sooner than you having your little hissy fits every other day. So continue to expect it to come to pass. Be bold enough to see yourself with that thing that you desire. Have you ever tried doing that and then something come up and push it out of your mind? Make that thing quit. Huh? Withstand the pressure to push it out of your mind. That's just the devil telling you no. Nobody knows how long things will take. Nobody knows. Because God often will not. Now, I've had God to tell me when something is close. But when I start praying or something like that, I don't ever know exactly how long do I have to confess before I can quit. That's not even a faith statement. So when you go in and your faith doesn't care how long it takes. When you're really in faith, your faith causes you to be content and satisfied and confident and assured. So you have all of those. Faith does all that for you when you believe God. If you don't have that sense of it's nailed down and you're content with it, 
get back into the word and put that before your eyes until you get satisfied. Your faith, that it will give you like a, a release of pressure off of you when that word comes into your heart and you see that God really is saying what you want him, uh, what you want to see come to pass. So nobody knows how long. Healing many times, though, is immediate. Healing is probably one of the things you can get faster than anything because it's such a, a uh, thing so dear to God's heart. If you look and see what Jesus spent most of his time doing, it was preaching, teaching, and healing. And so you can see that that's something that's very dear to his heart. He wants us to have it immediately, if not sooner. See, it would come when you get saved, but we never tell people that when they get saved. We just focus on the get out of sin and, you know, get out of jail free card. And then we got to go over some obstacles to get them in the faith for healing. That should not be. You look at the early church, they didn't do it like that. People got baptized in the Holy Ghost when they got saved. And then they just went around doing it. The people was walking behind Peter and getting healed from his shadow. And so there was great faith for healing in those atmospheres, too, and great faith for everything. Amen. Amen. So you must put your faith in the Creator. Amen. You must put your faith in God instead of doctors and what they say, which is illness. Amen. Because their faith is toward convincing you that their diagnosis is correct. You know, they live for that. They live for for being right, and they live to be able to help people through diagnosing correctly. We live to be escaped, to be redeemed from the diagnosis. So that's, that's our life. So then we have to go into these things with faith in God. If you need some help, temporarily accept that the help but always keep in mind this is temporary god because i'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and by your stripes i'm healed so i'm gonna work with this as long as i have to work with it but i'm gonna stay in the word i'm gonna stay with my confession i'm gonna stay with everything that i need in order to be healed i i was looking at uh, fred price he's one of my favorites faith-wise because he just made it a lifestyle with himself. He never, never compromised on standing on the word and standing on faith. And he talked about the time. It took him about nine months to get rid of a, he said he had some kind of a, a, a lump or something on his chest. And he just took it to the Lord and received, believe he received it when he prayed. And he said for the longest time it was just still there. You know, he could see it when he would go shower or something like that. And he said then one day it was gone. He said it was about nine months later. And he said, now most people, it would bug you. See, this is the thing about faith. When you're in faith, what you see in the natural does not bug you. Your faith is not bugged by what you see. It does not cause doubt and wavering. And if it does, go back and get in the word some more. And so remember recently he and Betty were missing from church 
for I don't know how long were they missing. A long time, like a year. Next thing you know, they come bebopping out from behind the curtain, bouncing up and down, running right across the stage, just as happy and healthy as you can be. But they took that time away to get into the Word. You do what you need to do to get what you need from God. Get away from crazy people. Get away from doubters. Get away from unbelievers. Praise God. Turn to Matthew 5, and we're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood. And this is the lady with a right confession. This lady's interesting. Matthew 5 and verse 20. Wait a minute. Hold it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's Mark. Well, Matthew 9. Go to Matthew 9. Verse 20. She all over the place. I like people like that because you can see that was important. She has something to say. Nine. What we said was Matthew 9, verse 20. Okay. Uh, Verse 18. While he spoke these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come lay your hands upon her her and she shall live jesus arose and followed him so did his disciples and behold a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment for she said where so you say it within and you speak it without amen you say it within and you speak it without if your tongue gets dry and you don't feel like saying without you say it within It's called meditating on the word. And it helps your heart to stay full of faith. Now what they don't tell you is when she started to say it within herself and when she touched the hymn. She didn't just up and one day hear about Jesus and and say it and then jump out there. See, it's like that. Because we're reading it as one story. But you don't know. Uh, You don't know how much time came to pass. And it says here, she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus turned about him and when he saw her said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And so it says before that, she had been to doctors, many doctors, spent all she had, wasn't any better. She actually got worse. Now think about if that happened to you. Oh, boy. I thought I was going to get my healing this way. Well, now I've wasted all this time and my symptoms had gotten worse. My sickness has advanced. I don't have enough time to believe God. Uh, hello, woman with issue. She wasn't bugged by the amount of time. It took. 
all she did was latch on she let her faith grab on to jesus when she heard about him she heard about jesus she has spent all of that money didn't get back think of the condemnation that heaps on a person I've been sitting around here all these years. I could have been in the Word, and this wouldn't be so bad. Well, maybe that that might be right, maybe not. But let's go from right here, right now. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. If you're going to play around with condemnation and let that keep you from believing God, how long it takes has nothing to do with anything. God is master of time. He's ma- when you are in faith, you're in God's time anyway. You're in God's universe. You're in the spirit, and there's no time in the spirit. There's just the power of God and the word of God, and you standing in need of what he has. And so here this woman with the issue of blood, she's been all this time, 12 years or more, Never got better, got worse over a 12-year period, and all of a sudden hears about Jesus, and is completely healed. You think God cares how long it took her messing around with doctors? He could care less. What he cares about is the faith she demonstrates when she shows up, because that's all Jesus talked to her about was her faith. All he cares about is whether you believe him or not when you show up. He doesn't care if it took you 12 years to get smart enough to get sick of the doctors and show up. He's not holding that against you. He cares about the faith you demonstrate in him when you do show up. So show up in faith and believe you receive what he gave you. Just show up in faith. He doesn't care about all that. Oh, I wasted all this time. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Okay, be sorry, but get in faith. Do that, but get in faith. Amen. What did he say to her? He said, be of good cheer. Your faith, all he wants to do is you to cheer up because your faith works for you. You got me? He didn't mention to her, well, now you finally come around here. Where you been for 12 years? Got all y'all don't got no money for to put in Judas's bag or nothing. You don't rebuke people when they come in faith. You don't bring up the past when people come in faith. Jesus could care less about how long it took her to get there. He don't care. All he cares about is the condition of your faith when you do show up. Amen. And when their faith was raggedy, he didn't turn them away then. What did he do? He increased their faith. He helped their unbelief. He's a minister. That's what a minister does. A minister helps your faith to increase. They don't tell you, go sit down because you ain't got enough faith. If they can't help your faith, they don't need to be ministering. Huh? So... His power, he felt virtue go out of him, met her faith. That's when healing occurs. Amen. When the power of God or the anointing, uh, we have an old uh, healing school. Um, Your faith has an appointment with the anointing. 
Amen. So your faith has an appointment with the power of God. When the power of God is released fully for that thing, that's when your your healing and your your miracle will manifest. And it can happen at any time. Amen. And whenever your soul is converted and you're totally convinced that that thing's yours, while you're convinced, when you're while you're confessing, you're a little convinced, and you got a little drawback. You're a little convinced. Keep confessing. Your confession will convince you that it's yours. And that's when it will come to pass. Be careful sitting around bored, angry, upset, fuming, fussing, huh? mad at people, mad about this, mad about that. huh? You, you don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. That's a luxury you cannot afford, spiritual person. Stay walking in the spirit like Peter did for a hot minute. Uh, and the Bible doesn't say how long he walked on the water. Might have walked on there a good little piece. You got me? You don't know. But stay walking in the spirit. Keep your faith in the creator. The one who has power and authority over all things. Once your faith is in him, you get yourself positioned right. Put your faith in God, and you'll see that mountain is that big, and God is this big, and he's crushing it right in front of your very eyes. Amen? The centurion, Matthew chapter 8. We've got to go back a chapter. We see the centurion. Jesus said he had great faith. What is great faith? I'll show you. Uh, 8 verse 5, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, they came to him, a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now you notice when, when people talk to Jesus, he just immediately responds to their faith, even though they're trying to go on and on about you ever notice that sometimes you, you want to cut the the exaggerating how bad it is. You want to cut it short. Because they'll talk themselves out of faith if you let that go on. You got me? He said, grievously tormented. He said, okay, I'll come heal him. Cut the yada yada. You know, don't tell me no more. I don't need to know nothing else. I'll come and heal him. You got me? Because the man comes to him in faith. And Jesus wants to preserve that faith instead of letting it diminish. Sometimes people think they can convince God to do something because of how bad it is. He knows how bad it is. Amen. That's why he gives us faith. So he can take care of how bad it is. Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. that you." Now here's where the confession comes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't live like y'all lived. I'm not a holy person. I'm not worthy. He says, so don't come to my house, but just say the word. And then he explains to him. Now, this is interesting. This centurion, because he's a stranger, thinks that he has to convince Jesus of how Jesus heals people. <laughs> But it's good for us to see this because he explains to Jesus, he said, I know there's something different about you. 
He says, now I'm a man under authority. I have people under me and they do what I tell them to do. So I know that if you speak the word, I'll get it. And many times God will help your faith by relating to things that are part of your your knowledge already, part of your understanding, part of your repertoire, part of how you roll, part of how you think, how you do things. So God won't make it hard for you to use your faith. He makes it easy for us. Don't ever get the impression, oh boy, how long do I have to confess? It's going to take too long. And then we quit before we even get started. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith that calls things that be not as though they are. That says you have it before you actually possess it. That talks about because you do have it. You have God's word on it. And so the, this centurion then proves that, that he is trusting in the word of God because he said, just speak the word only. So he knows that there's a secret here he knows with Jesus. Now the, the lady with the issue of blood, she knew the secret was power flowed out of him. God showed her that. She said, oh, I got to touch him. A word won't do. I'm going to touch him and that power will flow out of him. With her being a Jewish woman, she probably understood about the, the word of God in, represented by the, the, uh, the tassels at the hem of the garment. She probably understood that part too. But whatever it was, she was able to put it together and know that it's whatever I do, it's going to do the job. So that was her point of contact to release her faith to receive her wholeness. When Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, wholeness, wholeness really means that your faith will get anything you need it to get. I'm going to say it again. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith makes you whole. You're, that same faith you use for your healing, for your bills, for your job. That same faith will make anything, will get anything you need in your life. So that's why it's good to live by faith as a justified person. Because faith makes you whole. It gets everything back from you that the devil's stolen no matter what it is. Your faith will manufacture new limbs. Your faith will manufacture paid bills. Your faith will manufacture canceled debts. Your faith will manufacture anything you need. Your faith will make it. You will be whole. It will take care of everything that you need. Your faith will do it. You don't have to go and try something different. You know, people say things like, well, I know I, I, I did the word the last time, but maybe it needs something different. See, that's people who never believed from the beginning. You got me? Want to add something to the word. You know, well, uh, I'm confessing the word, but it don't seem to be doing anything because you're not believing what you confess. Because the word works. See, you're believing the devil's lies. He's telling you it's different this time. The reason they said your faith makes you whole instead of just healed was to let you know it'll do whatever you need it to do. It'll bring anything into your life you need. 
the same faith you use for bills. You use the same faith for for uh, promotion. You use the same faith to to find a, a spouse, a mate, whatever you you use that same faith for everything that you need. People say silly stuff. Well, I can have faith for everybody else. You ain't got faith for nobody, and don't have it for yourself. Your faith don't know who's using it. You kidding me? Faith is the spirit of God. It's no respecter of persons. It's just in God. You're not having faith that you I use it for other people. And you, you think it's doing something for other people. They ain't doing nothing for me. If it can't be used on anything, it's not the faith of God. You know what you think you're using. Another lie of the devil. He tells people all kind of crazy stuff. We don't question it. Just, yeah. Well, it's easy for me to believe God for somebody. No, it's not. And hard for you. Are you kidding me? Don't pray for me. I don't know what side, what list I'm going to be on from day to day. Huh? It's on the truth. People get crazy sometimes. But the centurion, the reason Jesus said you have great faith. Is because his faith was in the word only. He didn't have to see anything. He didn't have to feel anything. See, if your faith is in the anointing, sometimes you have to have that point of contact. This guy said, don't even bother to come over there. Just say it. And I know this guy's got it. And Jesus, that's great faith, man. Because I didn't even have to show up. Huh? I'd have to fight no crowds to get in there. I'd have to wear myself out walking. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. Huh? It's great faith. So when you can take God at his word, great faith. You don't need two confirmations. You don't need a sign. God, show me a token for good. You better just take your faith, baby, and keep working that, huh? Your token is your confession. Your token is your faith. Your token is the fact that you believe God, amen, that he has put deposited faith on the inside of you that gives you a confidence, that gives you evidence that it's there for you in glory. You just need to keep working your faith until you are satisfied that you have what God has promised you. Don't go through life dissatisfied. Don't be so quick to quit. On your little half-baked confession that wasn't much of a confession anyway, if the truth was told. Because if you have a a strong confession, that will keep you going. Your confession will keep you going. When you find yourself, your mind starts wandering. You start wondering when, how long it's going to take. You say, nope, I believe I received my healing when I prayed, Lord. I believe I received it when I prayed. And you catch yourself and you bring yourself back over into faith. And you continue to stand and believe what God has told you. And keep working your faith. Keep working it. It's worth it to work your faith. Amen? Why don't we quit? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord. Your word will not return to to you void, but it will accomplish All right, so we're going to do our confession. Everybody, I believe I receive my whatever you want, healing, job, wholeness, soundness, payback, sevenfold return, 
restitution, property, children obedient, amen, education paid for for your children, whatever. I receive it when I pray right now. June 6, 2017. And go Cavs and in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, if anybody wants to come up and just as a point of contact, receive at the altar, you can do that as well. Praise God. If you feel it's going to monk with your faith, just receive what you have. Praise God. Holy, holy, holy.